0: I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us here on my podcast because you belong here. Um, The purpose of this podcast is to talk about testimonies. I am a firm believer that your testimony should be someone else's prophecy. So we will be talking with some of my friends and family and people that I love about things that God has done in their lives, and I will be sharing different things about things that God has spoken to my heart and things that I've experienced through Him and His Word. And so I just wanted to tell you, grab a cup of coffee, pull up a chair, and come hang out with us as we go deep, discovering the ways that God has proven His love in tangible ways. I am so excited you're here.
1: Oh, hi. Hi.
0: Hi. Hey everybody. Um, Michaela Dice here with, because you belong here. I am here with one of my dear friends, Janae. We have known each other right, since I was at least five. Yeah. Pretty much our entire lives. Um, yeah. and she has some really cool stories and some really crazy testimonies and things that God has done in her life. So thank you for being here, Janae. I'm so excited. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay. I, my name is Janae. Um, I grew up in a pastor's home. I am 40 years old and I'm super proud to say that because you know, who knew if I would make it to 40, I've earned these 40 years. Um, I am a single mom of six kids. Um, It's not the way I planned it, but that's the way it's gone. And I'm grateful that I am. And I really honestly love doing it by myself and, and, um, having the opportunity to really like shape these kids' lives, um, me and God. And then, uh, I just graduated with my, um, social work degree in, from West Texas a University. And I am already in my master's program at the University of Oklahoma. Um, my end game is to get, to be a licensed clinical doctorate, a doctorate in psychology. So that's what I'm doing. Um, I work for WT now in the mental health um, department, counseling department. I work with integrated health. So I love that age group. I love students um, 18 to 25. I think they're amazing Mm -hmm. human beings and have gone through a lot in their short lives. And I love helping them kind of navigate and process through that. So that's me.
0: That's amazing. I love it well, what, so the basis of the podcast is to talk about your story. Um, so do you have like, what is the testimony that you would like to share today? A time when you really felt God move and you experienced him in a completely unexpected way.
1: Okay. So, um, my sixth pregnancy, my sixth child, um, was, very, um, unexpected. I was married at the time and my husband really wanted, um, another boy and I did not, (laughs) I was done. And, uh, he really just kind of pushed it. And I was talking to God and God literally almost said out loud, like follow his lead in a couple of different areas, but this one specifically. And I was like, ah, So I told him like, we just made this deal and I was like, all right, either I get pregnant within the next month or I find out I'm pregnant the next month or you get a vasectomy. And he was like, all right, deal. Uh, I think I found out I was pregnant, like maybe two or three weeks later. And I was so like distraught about it and like not happy. And I was kind of mad at God and mad at the world and just didn't, didn't want to have a baby. Um, and I mean, I had, done this. And I was over it. And my son was going into kindergarten in August and she was due in November. Like I was done (laughs) and I wasn't. So, um, I mean, like to be fair at this time, my oldest was 15 and 13. So that's a huge age gap. And like, I just was over it. So anyway, I'm pregnant and, um, I, I literally was probably seven or eight, eight months pregnant when I went to this women's conference. And I was really still grappling with the fact that I was pregnant. I, I still just like was not happy about it. Um, and uh, my mom was actually the one speaking. And she says from the stage, if you have a um, terminally ill child, stand up. And the Holy Spirit is like, stand up. And I'm like, I don't have a terminally ill child. And Um, everyone here knows that. And I'm on the front row. So that would be awkward for all of us. And so she continues to speak and she's talking. I really don't even know what she's saying in this part because I'm like fighting with the Holy Spirit. And, um, she says, stand up and yell. They'll live and not die and declare the wonderful works of the Lord. And I'm like, and the Holy Spirit's like, do it. I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this. This is stupid. I do not have a terminally ill child. And he was like, you do not have a terminally ill child yet. Well, I mean, I have five kids at home, so I'm thinking, well, I mean, my oldest, I had placed for adoption, so he's not at home. So then I, you know, your mind goes every, every which way, like what is happening? What's going on with my kids that I don't know about, um, or this, this baby that I have. And so I just kind of start saying it to myself. Um, and then I immediately know it's about the baby that I'm pregnant with. Um, we had decided to name her Emilia love, which means ambitious, hardworking love. And, um, and, and we named it with an E instead of an A, because it means two totally different things. And so I just start putting my hands on my belly in that conference saying like, she's going to live and not die and declare the wonderful works of the Lord. And that didn't really make sense to me at the time. I mean, everything was perfect. I literally leave that conference, go to the doctor. And I'm like, Hey, this weird thing happened. I have this weird feeling. And he's like, everything's fine. She's fine. We run some more sonograms. She's fine. So, um, it's a month or it's actually like two weeks or three weeks before I'm due. And she isn't here yet. Right. Well, and I had gestational diabetes, so they thought she was going to come way early. She doesn't come early. Two weeks later, um, I go into labor everything is fine. Um, I had fought a C-section because I had had a horrible C-section with my fifth child. It was miserable. And that's the biggest reason why I didn't want to have a baby because like, I literally couldn't shower by myself. I can, and I'm very independent. So like I couldn't do anything by myself and I was in so much pain. So long, long, long story short, I get to the hospital and I tell my doctor, um, get her out. Something's wrong. And she, and he's like, Janae, you have fought not to have a C-section. You're two weeks overdue what is going on? I was like, get her out. Something is wrong. And so they listen for her heartbeat. They cannot find it. They immediately, um, break my water and there's a ton of meconium in there, um, which means she's pooped in the sack. Um, they don't know how long it's been there. So they're pretty much like on top of me, um, giving me a C-section on the way to the OR. And, um, I, they put me to sleep. I wake up to doctor's, In my room, or no, one nurse, I guess, was in my room. And I knew my mom was there. And um, so I wake up and I'm like, what's going on? It just felt very tense in the room. Mm -hmm. And she was like, uh, I can't, I can't really tell you yet. I'm just gonna go find your doctor. So I'm like, um, am I dying? Like, what is happening? Um, and so they I I was like, go get my mom. So my husband comes in the room and he's like freaking out, like. crying, just freaking out. And I'm like, somebody go get me my mom because she's cool and calm in these situations. Mm -hmm. So my mom comes in the room and she's like, honey, do you understand what's going on? No, no one has told me what's going on. Uh, so then the doctor comes in pretty quickly after that. And they say that Emilia has already died four times, um, in the 15 minutes. And he was like, you have about 15 minutes to wake up, to tell her goodbye. You need to call anyone you want to be here. And they probably won't make it in time. Um, and he was like, I don't know what your spiritual life is like, but like, if you want her last rites read or whatever, they need to get here yesterday, like now. And I just sat up and said, uh, she'll live and not die and declare the wonderful works of the Lord. And they were like, no, like, that's not the situation. We're so sorry. He said, I've been doing this for like 20 something years. I've never seen a child survive this. Um, for sure she's going to die. So you just need to make your peace with that and come and tell her goodbye. And I'm like, no, I won't do that. The Holy spirit told me this a month ago for a reason. So she's going to live and not die. So literally as they're wheeling me out of this recovery room, there's like, it's a Christian hospital, Baptist St. Anthony's. There's like a verse of the day. The verse of the day comes on the loudspeaker and it is, they will live and not die and declare the wonderful works of the Lord. And so I'm like, all right, this is it. Like, this is the fight of our lives. Let's go. Yeah. So um, we see her. She's completely gray. She has no clothes on. Um, she has poop all over her. She was dead. She was cold. They put her on a cooling blanket. Um, she was dead. She was dead. She was hooked up to all these machines they told me that there was zero brain activity. There was holes in her liver and her kidneys because that meconium had pickled her. She was completely septic. Uh, nothing was working. The machines were keeping her alive. They believed that there was holes in her brain, um, but it was too soon to run those tests. So, super long story short, everyone that I know starts praying. Literally everyone. People that I don't know start praying, and um, she began things started working that shouldn't have been working but still she was dead her pupils were fixed and dilated um she some seizures so like to me and my very very limited medical knowledge I'm like if she's having seizures that's brain activity and they're like yeah no ma'am that's not correct but I was like well I think that it is so anyway I would just like take everything for a positive even though sometimes it wasn't so um we would like pray. We had this wall that we would, what we were praying and what had our God had already done. So like we need her, we needed her kidneys to work. So like literally they would come and tell us her kidneys have got to start working at this capacity. We would pray for it. And sometimes within minutes or hours that would happen, but still her brain was dead. Like there was no brain activity. So then they're going to, they're supposed to run this EEG the doctor comes in and switches with this new doctor, this younger woman from New York. Um, and I ask her, hey, when are we running the CEG? She's like, I'm not calling someone in on a Sunday to run a test that I already know what it says. This baby's gonna die. You need to make your peace with it. Uh, okay, so that really threw me. That was the first time that I thought, okay, maybe, maybe she is gonna die and maybe, you know, and so then I'm, I'm dealing with these internal feelings of maybe I didn't want her at all to begin with. And that's why she's going to die. Maybe, um, this is the kind of God that I serve. And this is my lesson for all the bad things I've done in my life. Maybe, um, God is not at all who he says he is, and he's not going to heal this child. Maybe he's just mean, maybe I did something wrong. Um, and so I'm, I'm literally like in this five minute span of like, she's going to die maybe. And I'm walking down the hallway and I walk out to these women that didn't even know I was in there. Um, just like praying for Amelia in this hallway. And so I feel better after that. And then my mom and I think my grandma was in the room and like, it was just really an atmosphere and joy was there, an atmosphere of just like, thanking God for the things that he had already done. And so um, at this time also, <laughs> Ben was four years old, I guess, maybe only three, no four. He was four and his kidneys quit functioning. So he was in the hospital, the floor below me. I was having blood transfusions. I had already had two because I, my, I wasn't doing well. So I'm on one floor, Emilia's down the hall there, Ben's on another floor. So like literally it felt like the devil was really just trying to kill my whole family at that point. So... Um, The next morning, that same doctor who was kind of brash with me comes in and she's like, it's time to turn off the machines Janae. Like she's in pain. She's going to die either way. She will have zero. If she survives, she's never going to be able to feed herself. She's never going to have any, um, like reaction to the world. It's just going to be you taking care of her. And not only is
0: that not fair to you. Lost you. Okay. Sorry.
1: I don't, there we go. Okay. So that's not fair to you or your other children. So when she puts it to me like that, I'm like, am I being fair? Um, I don't know what's happening. So I'm like, we're giving her 24 more hours because I really feel like the Lord has said this to me. Why would he have said this to me and then not do it? In my experience, He is faithful to his word. So I'm just gonna wait 24 more hours. And she was like, okay, we can wait 24 more hours. So I get released from the hospital that day. I'm at a Ronald McDonald house down the street. And um and they call me. I had just left the hospital. I was in the shower for the first time. And I'm by myself, just had a C section, can't drive. And they call me three times. And so I was like, oh my God, she died. Like that. She was waiting for me to leave and she died. And this nurse is like, Janae half of her just woke up and I was like what she was like that a half of her is not fixed and dilated anymore you don't know what's happening but you should get here so by the time I get there she's back asleep and Abby who is my oldest daughter at, at home she had not been happy that I was pregnant either because she does not like to split her time with me and um, so she was so disappointed so I would like obnoxiously pray that they would be close. Like, Oh dear God, please let Amelia love Abby so much that she only wants her and all this stuff. I was so obnoxious about it. And so, um, the doctors were going to let Abby come in to say goodbye to her, even though she was too young to go into the NICU. And so when she let Abby come in, Abby and me walk in the door and she was like, Oh, Amelia love. And Amelia was turned like, one way and they had to turn her and she opened her eyes and turned and looked at abby um and it became a very real statement to me that like she is going to live and not die and she is going to declare the wonderful works of the lord so they run another eeg and there's very little brain function even though she's doing all this stuff and there's still holes in her brain um that they didn't think would ever heal and all this stuff so after day three really it was just like good news after good news after good news um she kept waking up they still thought that she would not have um huge success in her life like the where the holes in her brain were they said that she would never have any arm or leg movement um and she would never have facial expressions well that's that child has more facial expression in a five minute period than most people do their whole lives so um yeah so god just really did this huge miracle and in the in the miracle, it was like God. What are you doing? I um, was a drug addict for ten years. I have been clean for seven. I placed my oldest child for adoption. Like that's a huge part of my testimony. I have all these things that you've healed me from. All these things that I continuously give you glory for. I'm consistently giving my testimony. And all this stuff, but, like I had had enough on there. You didn't need to add one more thing. It didn't make sense to me what he was doing at the time at all and I was like I'm grateful that you healed my child but like why did we have to go through all of this to get to the result of the same thing she's fine and healed and why did you like I kind of felt like he was being a little bit selfish in a way like oh you're great and we know that congratulations my daughter and my family had to go through all of this so that you could show that you're great again. Like it was devastating to me and I did not make any sense. So there were some things that I thought he was doing, um, that he wasn't doing, but at the time I was like, okay, maybe this is what, this is how he's going to make it make sense for me. Um, and that wasn't, I was not right at all. Um, so That's the thing I think that's made the biggest impact on my family and on myself um, that I can say that like, there's already God's glory has already been shown through it. There's some things that we're still working through in other areas, but anyway, so that's the answer to your first question. The whole long answer to your first question.
0: I knew that story, but there's so many details in there that I didn't know. Oh, and there's so many more like a billion yeah have
1: details in there
0: yeah like I remember watching the whole thing just like via Facebook and being part of the prayer yeah. and like being on my knees praying for her yeah like, I remember just how powerful that was for so many people around you like that loved you and know you and were part yeah. of that. and people who didn't even know who you were you yeah. like, we would share posts and people were like oh my gosh this is really speaking to me like even in those moments, not knowing and not doing it yeah. necessarily for God's glory, as much as knowing like my child will live and not die. It yeah. works like yeah, during the works of the Lord just started really early for her. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. Yes. You know, like so many people experience the Holy spirit through that.
1: Oh, I think, I cool. think that it changed so many lives that I probably in Amelia probably won't ever know until we get to heaven. Yeah. That her story really changed them. Mm-hmm. So one of the nurses told me afterwards, she was like, um, I was about to divorce my husband and I was really like mad at God and contemplating. She was like, I was picking up extra shifts so that I could be there for you when she died. Um, and so long story short, but she did not get divorced. She like really saw God through Emilia and through our family that like stood when there was no place to stand. And so she and we're, we still keep in great contact and I love her. So yeah, I mean, things like that that we might not ever know
0: until yeah. we get to heaven
1: how her story impacted and changed the course of people's lives.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that so much. I love how it works like that. So good. Yeah. Um, Okay. So through all of that, what is a truth about God, like his characteristics, who he is? Yeah. What is a way that he showed his love to you through who he is?
1: So, oh, this, okay. So that, of course he killed her. So that was a huge miraculous point, Mm -hmm. but then, I mean, we went through months of therapy and, um, physical therapy, occupational therapy, all the things until she was six months old. And I was so hyper-focused on like getting her to where she needed to be and above where she needed to be. Um, that like, I, but I was still asking God, like what the heck? And I've always asked him through like the really traumatic parts of my life. Like, where were you in this? Show me where you were so that I can understand why it happened. And, um, I know that God heals and he's, I mean, he healed my dad from cancer. He healed my heart from seriously traumatic events that, I mean, led me into being a drug addict. So he heals. I knew that in my head and really in my heart, but, um, the fact that the Holy spirit like knows our whole life and has seen it all play out and knows what's around the corner for us is so It became so abundantly clear to me. Um, the characteristic of the Holy Spirit that he like cares about us so much that he would do things and place things in our life that are going to prepare us for the next season. Um what I had no idea about is that six months after Amelia was born, I thought that would be the most devastating thing that ever happened to us, but it really was not. Um six months after she was born, I literally had to find out that my husband was not at all who we thought he was. We had been married for 10 years at this point. We had four kids together. Um, and literally without going into detail, because it's not my story to tell the police had to tell me, um, I had a few days to move out of my house. My children would never see him again. I would probably never see him again. Um, this person who had just walked through this amazing healing with me and stood by me and helped take care of our kids and helped me. I mean, he was my best friend and my like life partner. And the police are telling me he is not at all who I thought he was. Um, I just remember I was sitting on the floor And I was just losing it to God and like, what are you doing? Like, why is this happening? I cannot do this by myself. I cannot raise these kids by myself. Like, I do not understand what's happening. And Amelia was right there with me and she was chasing this water bottle. So she would like play fetch with it. She was tossing it and then she would roll to go and get it. And which was incredible because she was literally six months old and they thought she would never do any of that and so I look up at her through these tears and God is like did was Amelia dead and I'm like yeah she was dead and is she alive now yes is she completely alive abundantly alive yes was she dead yes is she alive now yes Three times we go through this conversation, Holy Spirit and I. And he's like, you have to believe that I knew that this, what's happening right now was about to happen. Your family and you feel dead right now. But you have to know that I raised things from the dead. So your life will be happy again. Your family will be as alive and abundantly alive as Amelia is right now. So I had to make you trust me. I had to show you that I am trustworthy when you feel dead. And when a situation feels dead, I am trustworthy to do what I say I'm going to do. I can see around the corner that you can't see. I needed you to trust me on a level that nobody usually has to trust me on. So I had to do this so that you would be ready for this. And so when that picture became clear to me, I didn't have some word from God that said my husband was going to get saved and turn his life around and be wonderful. I didn't have that word. I don't have that word. The word that I have is that my family is going to be okay. At the end of all of it, me and my children are going to be alive and we're going to be okay. And I walked that out for the last five years. And sometimes that's literally the only thing I can say to my day. I mean, and it's better now, a hundred percent. I mean, there's, I don't cry about it. I don't, you know, life has moved on, but some days that's the promise that I have to stand on. Like, this is what's going to happen. This is the promise you told me. So I'm standing on that today because I know that you see around the corner and I know that what's happening to me is not nearly as important as what's happening in me. Yeah. So that's that answer.
0: So, good. so I feel like we're kind of in a season like that, like where we feel like something has died and something is ending or something is like, we're grasping for something. So not going to go into a whole lot of details about that while we're recording, but yeah, <laughs> Thank you for sharing that because I feel like so many people go through those seasons where they do think that something is something that they've wanted or something that felt like something is something completely different or that it feels like the end of everything. Yeah, but He is faithful, which just yeah. means He is the same today and tomorrow and forever, and He always has been. And yeah, to be able to hold on to those truths from before and know that yeah. He- even in the future, right,
1: and to know that, like every single thing that's happening in your life, big and small, is for your ultimate good and His ultimate glory. So when you think of it like that, like this, what's happening right this second is not does not feel good to me, but it's for my ultimate good. So yeah. the death and the the situations changing and the seasons changing and everything, it's for my ultimate good because God is that good. Like He's so. Yeah good to get you ready for the ultimate good in your life mm-hmm. for the best things in your life so I think when we look at it like that because sometimes I do get frustrated like hey this is for your glory but it doesn't feel like it's for my good right so I think that when we look at it like that like okay ultimately this is going to be for my good it may not be good right now but it's yeah. ultimately God is ultimately always going to be good
0: mm-hmm I just read this morning. Um, so Jenny Allen that does. Ithga- yeah. yeah, I love her posted something this morning. Um, and I read it like five minutes before I got on this call with you. And it said um, something along the lines of happiness is not our call. Like our call is not to be happy. And if yeah. as long as we're focusing on happiness, we will never realize that our call may be suffering for Jesus. Yeah. And there's like, when we look
1: at the Bible, I think it's so comical, um, that people are like, oh, if you're not blessed in your finances and blessed, God wants you. Yes. God does want that. It's a desire for him, for you to be prosperous in all things. However, if you look at the Bible, not very many people in the Bible lived these glamorous lives. No one, not one person, Mm -hmm. like they suffered, they died like horrible, horrific deaths for the name of Jesus and us in America with our little, you know, Bible studies at seven o'clock every Wednesday night, think that it's our calling to, um, you know, be great for Jesus. No, sometimes it's not. Yeah. Sometimes our calling is to show people that even through the very worst of it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's still good.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And our lives can still be good. That's the thing I think too, that people don't realize like sometimes, especially when everything first happened, you know, you would get to look like, oh, you poor thing. Like, da, da, da. and it is, it sucked. But like life sucked right then. But, but also like I could see where God was still moving in that moment. And it was for his ultimate good. And it is going to be for his ultimate glory. So quit like, I right. Oh, sorry. So quit like, <laughs> worrying about what's happening. Right. The second and start worrying about like what God's trying to do through it. And and once we get that, I think I think the process sometimes moves a lot faster, you know? When we're like, oh, okay, okay, cool. I'm just gonna ride it. I'm gonna ride this wave with you and I'm gonna trust you. Yeah. Then it it seems to happen faster in my experience. Absolutely. The the lesson that you're
0: supposed to be learning.
1: It (laughs) happens faster.
0: Right. And it's less about getting pity from people and more about sharing oh, yeah. story so that people can yes. see it. even in the midst of this place, like God is here.
1: Yeah. And um honestly, since then, like our situation hasn't changed at all. Like nothing in the physical has changed. Um, we have changed, but the situation, it hasn't changed at all. And like, sometimes it feels like, where are you, God? Like, what are you doing? Do you see us down here and what's happening? And nothing has changed, yeah. but we have all changed through it. And I think that was, that was obviously God's ultimate goal is to get, you know, for us to be who we were supposed to be the whole time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. Um, okay. So Do you have a rhema word sometime when the scripture or a word from the Lord came alive to you in a way that it hadn't before, um, that could, you know, help someone give somebody hope, give somebody life.
1: Well, I think I kind of already said it, but that the Holy spirit sees around the corner, like we have to know in the depths of our soul that he knows what's going to happen before we do. And so what's happening to you right now is getting you ready for that good, bad, ugly, whatever is getting ready for the good, bad, and ugly that's around the corner. And he's going to see it and he's going to do it. And, um, like he's doing things now, even in the little mundane things, I can see how my life, um, I mean, my whole thing all focuses back to who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do later on, you know, how he was really preparing me in the little small things of my life that I didn't think about then that I can like have an aha moment, like, okay, you saw this coming. So you did this earlier to prepare me for it. And I'm so grateful that he sees what's around the corner and like to really trust him because even when it feels like a death, he is working. Like he is here with us on this earth. He's not somewhere, you know, high in the sky, which I, you know, I think that some of us really think God is so far away. And, but, and he is, it feels like sometimes, um, that he's the Holy, he sent the Holy spirit, like to be with us every second of every day to be our comforter, to be our our protector, to be who we're supposed to be, to lead us to all truth. So when we really lean into that, that the Holy spirit is God and he's with us all the time and he is there and he sees around the corner, what a revelation that is. And if you lean into that and really start trusting his judgment, he has way better judgment than you do. So trust the Holy spirit's judgment when he tells you no, or when he tells you, yes, trust his judgment because he sees Everything that's going to happen, everything that has already happened, and He is putting it into this beautiful quilt of
0: your life to make it beautiful. Yeah, amen to that. That's so good. I think too, like on that note of feeling like the Lord is far away, um, but He has sent the Holy Spirit, like, to be here with us. So many yeah. say, like, "Oh, I just want to talk to the like, let the Holy Spirit talk to me, or let the Holy like, I want to hear from the Holy Spirit," when really, like he is the breath of life. Like he is with us because he is the literal air we breathe. Like it's what we life. It's not that he's ever far away. It's just that just like breathing, we take it for granted and we just forget that it's required for us to live the life that God wants us to live.
1: Yeah. And And he's
0: just there. Like the fact that he's there with us all the time is just such,
1: and that he is God too. Cause I think sometimes we don't give him enough credit. Like he sees everything. He was there when the foundations of the earth were, created and he will be there at the end he's yeah. the same like he's the same yesterday today and forever too so he like and he really is like while jesus is our advocate and god is our father the holy spirit is like the one like our best friend that's with us all the time that we can say all the things to that he already knows so if we really lean into that oh my gosh like what a different um life as a christian we would lead because you know, that you can trust him. And when you look back over your life and I, I had to do this, I've had to do this a thousand times and say like, Holy spirit, where were you? Cause I needed you right here. And I don't feel like you were there. And he'll show me things that could have happened that didn't because he was protecting me in that situation where it felt horrible. It could have been way worse. Mm, that's so yeah. And I'm just asking him like really talking to him where you were, show me what's going on, and maybe gl- give me a glimpse of what I what I need to get to where I'm supposed to be going. Right.
0: Yeah. I just so. think about that scene in the the shack. Have you seen the movie The Shack? Yeah. So that scene where they're in the garden and the Holy Spirit is who is cultivating all of those things that are growing mm-hmm. and and like taking yeah. out that aren't alive and you know cultivating that in us. Yes, and that is such a huge aspect of who the Holy Spirit is, is just yeah that like cultivation to happen. It's not always pretty. No, it's not always fun. It doesn't feel good. But then at the end you have this beautiful tapestry, this beautiful thing that God has woven together mm-hmm. through the three parts of who he is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So good. So so good. Well, do you have anything else that you would like to add before we I don't think so. Do you have any other questions? No, I don't think so. I think that was great. Okay. All right. Well, hold on.